for history. CBS Early Show is going with on the floor of the story because that's the important thing. It'd be the first black governor. Not not the interesting ideas. You got somebody who's practically a socialist running against somebody who's a, a Trumpist. Never mind that. You're boring me. What? Color are they? Or, or what's their ethnicity? Or sexual orientation? Identi- right. God, people are so into identity politics as opposed to ideas and political directions. It's amazing to me. I want to talk more about that Florida race. Well, I, it's incredibly dangerous. I never think that these individual races mean much. I think this one is huge. This is going to be so interesting to watch in terms of setting up 2020 and everything else. So, more on that later. And one of the more interesting debate stories I've ever heard demands going into a debate. A candidate demanding the room be hot. I want the table to be 37 inches high. I say 35 or I won't show up. Right, exactly. So, potpourri of stories around the nation, uh, many of which are stupid. A Red Sox star, the Boston Red Sox, that's a baseball team, could well be in the World Series. They're very hot. Actually, I just gave up uh, watching baseball for Lent. And I'm fully cognizant that it is not Lent presently. Because you... I'm watching too much baseball. Wow. And, and wow. you know, honestly... To, to, to have that as a problem, that's a good problem to have. Well, no, it's just it's a waste of time. Unless you're an Oakland A's fan, or the Dodgers are, are a factor. Among Western baseball fans, you're pretty much wasting your time well, at this point. It depends on how you look at it. You, I you just, could, I'm looking at it you could, like night after night. I'm sitting there on the couch watching baseball and drinking wine instead of doing anything productive, I could, including hanging out with my beautiful wife. I could easily make the argument it's all a waste of time, no matter who you're rooting for, or none of it's a waste of time, no matter who you're rooting for. Well, but, if your team's out of it, then it's a super-duper extra waste of time. <laughs> Super-duper super bonus extra waste. Anyway, go A's. Uh, J.D. Martinez. A controversy, Jack. Apparently in story. 2013, five years ago. Oh, I didn't realize that. So this is one of those they dig up something you said years ago things. Well, he posted a very, very popular meme for defenders of the pro-Second uh, Amendment point of view that showed Adolf Hitler doing the Nazi salute and a quote attributed to Hitler to conquer a nation, first disarm its citizens. First of all, it, it's IT apostrophe S in the post. That's the wrong form of its. As a grammar national socialist, I ask you all, please learn your language. <laughs> Um, and uh, evidently somebody wants this to be controversial, and some people are acting angry about it, because Hitler is like Voldemort, apparently. Well, did I you hear know. his response? I'm not a fan yeah. of Hitler. Okay. He said, I posted it. I love my country. I love this country. I stand by the Constitution. I stand by the Second Amendment, and it's something that I take pride in, something that I'll back up. As most of you guys know, I'm Cuban-American, and most of my family was run out of Cuba because of a brutal dictator. It's terrible. It's one of those things where I'll never get to meet some of my family because of it. And um, and then he, you know, as the various management people said, yeah, well, if you're going to post something uh, controversial, be prepared to back it up. And he was quite eloquently. I'd say. Uh, quite beautifully. How can you, you can disagree with him, but you can't disrespect him. Oh, there were hosts on ESPN that were just horrified that he said such a thing. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. See, as a politics freak and a sports fan, I become so acutely aware Sportscaster guys are very barely dimly aware of the outside of sports things they talk about. And they are terrified of coming off as controversial in any way, sexist or racist or 
or whatever. And so they immediately take a super far left point of view of uh, all these things so they don't get in trouble. And it's it's just it's disgusting. And they turn into mewling, weeping little babies about it. So I miss that. The uh, some of the outrage. Oh, the yeah. Fake the, outrage. the idea that anybody would uh, be pro gun or, you know, you're always uh, dipping your toe into problems. If you have Hitler associated with your tweets or in any you way, you mean Voldemort. Yeah. Uh, but God, the idea that he said my family fled Castro. We the only way we could defend ourselves against an oppressive government is by having guns. I believe that is important. What could be more um, uh, substantial as a way to back up that quote than right. that? Right, and good for you, JD. Excellent. I may become a Red Sox fan. We also have to figure out this whole going back and looking at your tweets, Facebook posts, or whatever from years and years ago and hanging them around you. you know, Holy I'd, cow! I had intended to go uh, somewhere different with the discussion, but as long as you're there, how about California lawmaker Rachel Hundley, who uh, she was uh, a council person in Sonoma, California, uh, the, the served as mayor. I think it's one of those rotating mayorship things. Um, and now she's running for other offices, and evidently one of her opponents has found an old pic of her at Burning Man wearing something sexy and provocative and is attempting to slot shame her out of the race. Well, she has, with the idea that in Northern California, a woman dressing sexily should, uh, you know, this isn't rural Alabama. I mean, come on. What are you trying to do there? It's not. When she... That would explain why my tent revivals are so poorly attended. <laughs> she once wore something provocative at Burning Man. No way she can represent anybody Core! in Northern California. Core! It makes her a slut. That's right. Oh, my God. That's so, so anyway, crazy. She has quite appropriately and, and quite intelligent, smartly, um, taken to the airwaves with, uh, well, hey, Michael, give me audio. Um, she has uh, responded to this with a, a message. I'll play you. I am Rachel Hunley, your representative on the Sonoma City Council. Last week, I was threatened by an anonymous coward. On August 13th, I received an anonymous email that was nothing short of extortion. The email told me to drop out of this November's City Council election or else they would release a website filled with scandalous accusations and racy photos. The email included a link, and what I found was a combination of outright lies and things I've proudly posted on social media. What was especially disturbing in this era of Me Too was the attempt to slut-shame me for celebrating my body and for my attendance at Burning Man, right. an internationally renowned arts and culture festival, yes. and an event I've proudly and openly attended. Okay, oh, so right, I'm on her side, but the oh, yeah. celebrating my body, and it's an arts festival. Okay, whatever. That's <laughs> all right. She's a politician. She gets to spin it. Listen, there are aspects of the whole hashtag Me Too thing that have become too feverish and self-satisfied and crazy and the rest of it, but I have never... I've never had a problem with a woman can be sexy and sexual and also ought to be taken seriously intellectually. Well, I don't when you're not doing the sexy thing, you, you're doing business. All right, let's do business. I haven't sought out all the pictures, but they weren't that big a deal anyway. Uh, they were attractive. I'll give you that. Well, she's but anyway. an attractive woman. Yeah, she's a pretty gal. So, but uh, it's nothing crazy. No, no. 
And it's it's crazy that anybody would even try this. I just, I'm going to go to the arts festival and get hammered out of my mind and have promiscuous sex. Not everybody sex. does that. Not everybody. Oh, my God. Every, You're as bad as the, the, the people trying to slut shamer. Every single person, without exception, that I know that has ever gone went for the reasons I just said. So every some of them. Single, Maybe that says something about you. Every yes, single Sean, one. thank you. Well, that thank could you. be. Could be the crowd I hang with. <laughs> yeah. But every single individual went for those reasons. Well, at any rate, I so uh, as I am... Which is get, fine, by the way. I'm not knocking it. Just, you know. What are you trying to say? I, th- <laughs> I, uh, I don't buy it if, if, if you say, I'm going because I'm into the art. Okay? I don't necessarily buy it. Especially when you're post- posting those pictures. I think you're going for the party, which is fine. You get to do that. I don't care. Run for whatever you want to run for. All right. Generalizations save time, and you're engaging in them now. I've known plenty of people who just enjoy the art and the camaraderie and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. But I've not met one yet. Regarding, again, more about you than them. Regarding the recent coverage of Burning Man ailments and injuries. Oh, what I was going to say before I got onto that was that I, I'm enjoying every aspect of this. Because, obviously, this gal, who has been targeted with a ridiculous and bizarre... A woman should never have fun and get loose and in the 21st century post pictures of her and in a wacky, like, sexy ringmaster outfit. Right, which is just not um, that crazy. Yeah, I mean, go, have fun, go ahead, live your life. Um, But then she gets to haul herself up on the cross and become a symbol of something, blah, blah, blah. And again, I have no idea what this woman's policies are or if she's worth a damn as a city councilwoman. Nobody cares. But we're all going to have to get over this because every politician that runs from here on out is going to have Facebook this or that or twi- Twitter this or that. Right. Of them being wild at some point in their life. Many of them will, yeah. Or we're going to have some really... where nobody notices. Yeah, or we're going to have some really weird candidates that have nothing out there in their past. High school, college, ever. That would be uh, embarrassing. So, um... I don't know if you have to be weird. Again, throwing around the generalizations... I know a lot of quote-unquote good kids, although by the time they get through college, that would be atypical. That would be a small well, minority. Sure, it would be atypical. You never got drunk <clears throat> once at a party and there's a picture of you going, ah, yeah, not these one days, time? Yeah, I tell you what, it's, it's, it's ridiculous there, but for the grace of God. Anyway, uh, regarding the recent coverage of Burning Man ailments and injuries, a couple notable ones. Playa foot, the sand there is incredibly alkaline, and so you get chemical burns on your feet if you don't cover your feet. And there are clouds of dust and stuff, it's... um. It can be really painful. Um, and this is from uh, Al Anonymous. I have a good friend who's a medic and was assigned to work Burning Man in 2015. That year in particular, there was a severe outbreak of genital herpes and other venereal diseases. Uh, that you catch by looking at art. Exactly. The spread was facilitated by the tendency of Burning Man folks to share their bikes, which they frequently ride naked. Oh, God, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. Oh, no, it's not. That's on the list well, of well, it won't be in a minute. Uh, you haven't heard the guy try to explain that to his wife when he returns from Burning Man. <laughs> no, it was the bicycle. No, it was a... I borrowed a bike and rode naked. Going to Burning Man? Now I've got burning genitals. Oh, <laughs> boy. The irony. But more disturbing is an infection named after the very fine desert dust called Playa Dust, also caused by nakedness. I can't really say this. It's like platypus, except Playa. It's an infection which occurs when enough of this dust infiltrates... Various body openings. I would. It's even more gross than it sounds, and can lead to sepsis, which is deadly. Can be deadly. You ride a bicycle naked, you get what you deserve. What are you doing riding a bicycle naked? 
That is just not cool. <laughs> wow. You are the strangest sort of fundamentalist. That's some good advice, Jack. So you're, you're okay with most human behavior, but riding a bike naked is uh, condemns you to hell. You ought to be the new pope. And not even just riding a bike naked, but riding a public everybody rides this bike naked. Can't even imagine. Oh, sharing a naked bike? That is just... What? Arr. Oh, my you're just, God. You're, you're not familiar with the germ theory of disease. Which is a couple hundred years old. Or you just don't understand crevasses. <laughs> uh, and finally, Drew has a few suggestions for the uh, long-form podcast, which we need to do another one, uh, Hanson. Uh, my favorite one is Pod Bless America. <laughs> bicycle, All right. Bicycle, yeah, don't be riding uh, public bicycles naked. Jeez. I don't like to get on the equipment at the gym because it's got a little sweat on it and they didn't wipe it off. Oh, please. I recommend we end the segment now. Yeah. Before anything else worst. escapes your lips. So what do we have next? A uh, little chatty checkout theater. First time in months. That's awesome. It's reality-based drama. The dramatization. So most women feel bullied by other women in the office place, and it's queen bee syndrome that causes the biggest problem. Have you ever had this in your workplace? A queen bee. I've seen it. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. bunch of texts from people who find it hilarious, the idea of referring to Burning Man as an arts festival. And we, got, ah! we got a couple of people who said, I only go for the arts. So there you go. Um, it's a melange, Jack, of different people with different desires. Also got this text. Hey, check out the Senate race in Texas while you're looking at races around the country. I will have to look into this. I don't know anything about this. This is a text. I can't um, back this up without further research. But there's a guy running against Ted Cruz, and I have heard that it's a tighter race than you'd expect in, in Texas. Oh, indeed. But Especially guy, with an incumbent. But a guy who's adopted the nickname Bet, Beto, B-E-T-O, to pander to the Hispanic voters. He's an Irish guy whose name is Robert Francis O'Rourke. O'Rourke? O'Rourke. His name is Robert Francis O'Rourke, but he goes by Beto. Wow. Nice. <laughs> That's a good one. That is good. Remember those two? I'm going to nail that down, though. Who knows? Maybe his mom is Hispanic. Remember, I don't know. Remember those Hispanic twins that, that ended up getting elected in Texas? Oh, yeah. They, they, they grew up speaking English, and they had to take lessons on, 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 on Spanish so they could speak Spanish in front of the crowd to show I'm a real Hispanic. Right, exactly. Because yeah, they, they didn't yeah. speak Spanish. Because identity politics is so much more important than issues and ideas. Oh, yeah. Well, well ideas are defined by ethnicity. My truth as a fill-in-the-blank person is this. Oh, my God, what a dangerous, tribal, sick, you're going to end up like Rwanda trend that is. That guy, Beto, that's the guy I was giving you the heads up to in the in the Texas thing. That I think a lot of Democrats are putting a lot of hope in this guy. All right, we got to get to that forward. in a bit. Because I'll, look, we, I'll look into that. For the longest time, uh, people would actually transcribe their experience with chatty checkout clerks who would try to engage them in generally idiotic conversations. And those of us who hate that sort of thing really, really hate it. We did that for a while. We haven't done it for a while. But this is chatty checkout theater, specifically stupid checkout theater. 
Let me uh, set the scene. This is uh, student Mike who works uh, some of the time as a garbage man. On my way to work this morning, 3.30 a.m., stopping for at the gas station for gas, a breakfast burrito, and an iced tea. I'm in my uniform. Middle-aged blonde woman at the counter. Oh, we should have women playing some of these roles, but it's a sausage party around here, and we don't have any. I'm Shakespearean trained. It's fine. Okay, great. So, uh, anyway, middle-aged blonde woman uh, speaks to young Mike. Hi. Heading to work? Uh, yep. <laughs> Will there be anything else? I got to get some gas. What's the total? That's $4.49. Okay, give me twenty fifty-one on pump 11. Really? That's a strange amount. Oh, my God, that's exactly $25. How did you do that? Hey, Benny, did you see what this guy just did? Have you ever seen that? A few times. Pretty cool trick. Oh. Me just looking stunned. Oh. How do you do that? You must be an accountant, right? Yeah, oh. yeah, that's why I'm here at 3.30 a.m. in this uniform getting gas, because I'm an accountant that took my vacation to go to a garbage man fantasy <laughs> camp for a break. Really? Uh, bye. He didn't actually say that. Yes. <laughs> Mike is uh, a frequent correspondent, I believe him. He says, yes, my secret power is the most basic math, so I don't have to carry change in my pocket. (laughs) I wish y'all could have seen the facial expressions. Yeah, that is uh, an extraordinary one of those. I I run into that regularly. I think we all do, where you give them, you know, a couple of cents more than a $10 bill so you can get some even change back. And you get the wide-eyed look. You gave me uh too much. Here's your Uh pennies back. No, no, no. It's $4.27, and I don't I don't want to get a bunch of pennies and... No, never mind. I blame Common Core. (laughs) (laughs) But that's an especially good one. For her to to act like he had just taken flight. How do you do that? Hey, Benny! (laughs) He just flew! What a great trick! (laughs) Did you see this sorcerer up here? (laughs) You must be an accountant. Yeah, because I could work out with 49, 51 is left? (laughs) Yikes! That's fantastic! Oh, that is so good. Yeah. So it is ironic that we have no women uh, for whom to uh, cast or to, to, to cast as the women in that drama. Because Joe won't allow women on the staff. Because there are a number of really interesting woman-related stories out these days, including the, the gal in California who was quote-unquote slut-shamed because she had some sexy pictures at Burning Man. There's a big piece in, the, I think it's the WAPO, about uh, women candidates and how... They, and almost exclusively women, will get threats if they run for office involving rape and and body part references and abductions and the rest of it. That's rough. And guys get hate mail all the time. Brutal, nasty hate mail. Be a different thing, But it is a very different thing. And in fact, they're having seminars now, and and the parties are aware of it, that they have to prep their women candidates. Listen, this is going to happen. Boy, that's that's, that's not good. And finally, and we'll get to this in a couple of minutes, New York gubernatorial debate. One of the candidates has demanded it be warm in the auditorium because it's a sexist issue. And I might agree with her. What's well, coming up to your news, Marshall? Well, President Trump warning about left-wing violence if Republicans lose elections. And we've got a really bizarre story out of San Francisco. Human remains found in a fish tank. Oh, boy. All on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
So a little more on the Catholic Church uh, sex scandal, which is getting more interesting and I think more uh, likely to result in maybe some change happening. As they're starting to turn on each other, which needs to happen. Oh, more likely is unquestionable. Likely? Uh, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Now, there will be improvement, but will it be real permanent improvement? Who knows? And, and why I've got my eyes on, huh? My eyes are on doing the finger thing. Yeah, I see my, that. <laughs> Stop it. My, yeah. my son does that to me all the time, huh? <laughs> I'm watching you. Um, <laughs> I'm going to really be watching this Florida race because I think it's damned interesting on a whole bunch of different levels. Plus, it's Florida, so you get some face-eating and some meth-selling and some <laughs> crocodile attacks and the rest of it. It's, it's going to have a huge impact. there are alligators there, aren't they? I yeah. think it's going to have a yeah. big impact on the 2020 presidential race. That's why I think it's so interesting. Anyway, more on that coming up later. Right now, news with Marshall Phillips. Well, i got to tell you, the changes just keep on coming. Trump tweeting just a couple of minutes ago, White House counsel Don McGahn will be leaving his position in the fall. Oh! Shortly after the confirmation, hopefully, of Judge Brett Kavanaugh to the United States Supreme Court. I have worked with Don for a long time and truly appreciate his service. So the rumor was yesterday, and I'm calling it a rumor rather than a news story. Um, The rumor was yesterday that Trump was talking about pardoning Manafort and and, uh, McGahn was saying, now you shouldn't do that. And indeed, I think, well, the rumor was, we need a a term for a news rumor. A numer. Um, the numer was the the, the numer was that McCann said not only do I think it's a bad idea I won't participate in it I won't draw up the papers right. get somebody else to do it and it looks like uh, Trump has New York Times front page story President Trump telling Christian leaders to expect violence from the left if the Republicans lose in the upcoming election. He uh, supposedly made that suggestion. I could jump in and say how ridiculous this is, but I can tell by the way you're phrasing it, Marshall, that you're going to get to that. Trump supposedly made the suggestion Monday night during a private dinner. During that uh, speech, he talked about the power of prayer and a number of other things, and then he talked about uh, the uh, problems that would occur if the Republicans lose and the Democrats retake control of Congress. Trump saying, quote, they will overturn everything that we've done, and they'll do it quickly and violently. There's violence. When you look at Antifa and you look at some of these groups, these are violent people. Now, somebody who attended the closed-door event apparently handed a recording of uh, what uh, Trump said to the New York Times. And what's the story, really? Well, when I heard it portrayed uh, in the news all day long, um, they were... I felt like they were hinting at or or, or, or or writing the headline in such a way that it would make it sound like if if his side loses, yep. re, uh, Trump people are going to go on a on a violent spree. He actually said the opposite, yep. right? Um, were they arguing that that Trump was saying you know left is violent, Antifa, etc. They'll be violent. Therefore, Trump seemed to be implying violence was justified on the right. Was that the argument? No, no, I think they were just trying to make it seem like, if you weren't paying close attention, right. that he's saying, if I lose, we're going to come beat the hell out of you. Yeah. I, that's I what I think the media was doing all day long. Yeah. When he said the opposite. Yeah. Well, so much of this is through the lens. Uh, you know, maybe it's 2080, uh, maybe it's 50-50. I don't know. Uh, people who sincerely believe this crap and people who are desperate to, to get clicks yeah. and sell papers and commercials and, and the rest of it. But... Anybody who still pretends that everything Donald J. Trump says he means literally, is there anybody left on earth who hasn't quite gotten the way he 
just spouts off. On, on the on the other hand, why wouldn't you listen to the words of the president of the United States? And because he constantly says goofy <laughs> crap all the time. No, I get that there was a transitional period. Right. You know, it's like, and this is a golf reference. Forgive me, because golf is boring unless you're playing it. But you know, sometimes the greens are really slow or really fast. You know, and you're putting, and you, you leave it short on the first three holes, and because the, the greens are slow today. It's a legit complaint. If you're still complaining that they're slow on the 17th hole as you leave your putt short, that's not the greens. That's you, you moron. If you are still surprised that Donald J. Trump says goofy crap, that's on you. It's not on the greens. But if the greens are pebbles and gravel, at what point do I get to blame the greenskeeper for not actually maintaining greens so I can play golf? Well, I think this metaphor has gone too far. I don't know. Maybe it's- Maybe we should go play tennis. All right, this is this is a bizarre and rough story, my friends. San Francisco police say they found a headless torso in a fish tank in the home of a man reported missing for weeks. I think we know where he is. Yeah. The San Francisco Chronicle reports the cops went out to the missing man's homes three times after calls from neighbors and family before finally going inside and discovering the body. The newspaper reports a response by police has raised a lot of concerns from neighbors who watched as strangers came and went and appeared to be living in Brian Egg's home for weeks with no signs of the homeowner. How many whoa, times? Whoa, 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 whoa. How many times minute. did the cops come over what period of time before they went in the house? This was over a couple of weeks, it looks like. Wow, and there were other people there, but not the homeowner? Yeah. Well, I want to know more about what interaction the cops had with whoever was there right. and or... You know, if I send somebody uh, for a welfare check on my parents, for instance, and I say, no, you don't understand. I haven't heard from them forever, and that's really weird. I need you to check. Right. And they just don't? Well, one inspector reportedly said they had called, and there was a message on his uh, his answering machine saying he I'm was... I'm in the fish tank. <laughs> <laughs> saying he was mm. out of town for a little oh, while. Unavailable. Yeah. So, He's out of town for a little yeah, while. Yeah, okay. that's what they're saying. Anyway, yeah, I don't want to criticize the coppers because I don't even nearly have all the facts, but this is a troubling tale. Very, very, I mean, very never troubling. mind the, the corpse in a fish tank. It's it must troubling. have been a big fish tank, right? <sighs> let's, let's not get hung up on the fish tank, all right? Turns out, my friends, switching gears, chocolate is actually very good for you. Oh, good Lord. In moderation. I agree. In moderation. Researchers from Mount Sinai looked at five studies covering more than half a million people, and they found that eating up to three bars of chocolate a month cut a person's risk of heart attack by 13%. However, if you eat chocolate every day, the risk of heart failure increases by 17%. There you go. Chocolate's really on my list of things I really don't need to eat ever again in my life, along with donuts and cake and other other things. I eat a little square of dark chocolate Mm -hmm. with the wine in the evening. There you go. Yeah, chocolate it's is delicious. Chocolate's a source, a good source of flavonoids, and that is yeah, associated with it. increasing your good cholesterol. I got levels. a lot of things though that that I don't miss them if I don't eat them. If I ever take a bite of them though, I really, really want more. <laughs> the so I chocolate just, I eat is a good source of flavor flavonoids. <laughs> flavonoids, <laughs> yeah, similar but have a clock around their neck. Chocolate with red wine is pretty good. Oh yeah, that's your news. Not Marshall Phillips in the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. So from- so it's unconsciousness. That's good with red wine. I found. I like that, too. <laughs> Passing out. Forgetting one's problems. <laughs> <laughs> 
So the results of the Florida primary for governor somewhat shocking. I the super Trumpy guy, the super lefty guy. I promise you, this is interesting. I never think these stories are interesting. Were the moderate types left by the wayside? What does this mean? Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So Florida's the swingiest of swing states. It's a giant state. It's purple. It goes back and forth in presidential elections. Um, They haven't had a Democrat governor, though, in 20 years. And the two that emerged yesterday for the Republicans and the Democrat, a Trumpy, a Trumpy, Trumpy, Trumpster on the right... Mm -hmm. And a Bernie-backed, you know, all the stuff that's so popular with the with the way left of the Dems uh, for the Democrats. And the moderates and, left behind. And, and the moderates left behind with, with sort of the idea being that, you know, we've run bland people in the past and lost, so let's go for it. Mm, yeah, that's one possible interpretation. Amber Phillips of the Washington Post, a political reporter, joins us to break it down. Hello, Amber. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are y'all? Uh, excellent. Thanks. So, uh, are we oversimplifying this from the other coast? What happened? Uh, No, I've been on the phone with operatives on this coast, granted in Washington, who say kind of the same thing you guys have just said. This is totally unexpected uh, to have this battle of ideologies on the right and left go against each other in a state that in its composite is really moderate. Like winners of Florida governor's races, even if they weren't moderate before, they tend to try to be really moderate to win. They usually only win by one or two percentage points. And here you have two unabashed ideologues. Yeah, well, when, what I think is interesting about it, because I, I usually think the media really overblows these various elections around the country and, and, and what they mean for the whole nation. But here is the Democratic Party getting a chance to run somebody against a Trump-like figure. And figure out, can a Bernie-type person beat a Trump-like person, or do they lose and we think, no, we can't go there? Because I think if, if, if you beat a Trump-like person with someone who's running against ICE, running on impeaching Trump, all that different stuff, the Democratic Party nationally is going to think that's what we got to do nationally to try to take on Trump. I think you hit the nail on the head here about what's so interesting. Um, I literally just wrote the exact same thing you just said, that Gillum is really the perfect case for Democrats to test on the progressive side of a rather paradoxical argument. They need to lean further to the left to win over these Trump voters in swing states. They've been saying that since Bernie Sanders got so far in the presidential election. And here they have a really huge chance to try well, it's a focus group. Right. You get to do a focus group with a giant state. So that's a, that's a cool thing. Well, Amber, first of all, I'd like to ask you to stop plagiarizing my partner before we go on. <laughs> uh, secondly, no, no, I realize that's a serious word uh, with journalists. And I, did, I didn't mean it, obviously. Is it? I'm, try, I'm scanning my memory banks. I'm old and bitter enough to, to know that the times that there are stark bitter contests within a party are fairly rare there's always a push and pull but it it seems like you've got two divided parties in the primary result in florida we're purely a question of where the energy is in each party 
And so you got the energetic wings going against each other, and whether it's... Uh, but Trump is going to be the nominee for the Republicans. So you, that side, you know, is not just a uh, like an outlier there in Florida. Yeah, well, I think you so could argue... So you run against that person? There was still at least a small argument as to whether Trumpiness was going to spread across all Republican candidates, or how many of them. Now it seems pretty clear that, yeah, that is the trend. So the yeah, Democrats going to pour a lot of money into this to try to beat the guy? I was just on the phone with them. They are. I mean, I, they're going to watch and see if Gillum can run a competitive race right out the gate. Like, he's untested. He's he's only the mayor of a city. Um, he hasn't run really tough campaigns. And so they're going to watch to make sure he doesn't trip up. But, yes, Democrats expect there to be money for him. And they especially really are counting on Two billionaires in particular, George Soros and Tom Steyer, to sort of like now that they've gotten Gillum this far, because they helped him overcome a 10 to 1 fundraising deficit in the Democratic primary. You know, you you mentioned that Democrats want to watch and see if he screws up. They're probably a little wounded from getting so enthusiastic about, uh, we always call her She Guevara, so I don't actually know her name. Ms., uh, the lovely Ms. Octavio Cortez. Because she had, she had a couple of pretty big missteps as soon as she was on the national stage, so they're going to be a little hesitant to see if this guy's got the, uh, the, the legs for this thing. Yeah, and I think it's there's a little bit of that, okay, uh, uh, excuse me, Ocasio-Cortez residue among Democrats right now, but (laughs) this race feels less about her, their hesitancy feels less about her, and what she's done in New York, kind of all all on her own in that sense, and and specifically about Gillum and whether he can be a viable candidate. The other interesting thing... Do they have any choice, though, or aren't they stuck with him? Yeah, oh, yeah, they're totally stuck with him, and this is not a race that Democrats want to give up at all, because if they lose the seat, they lose a seat at the redistricting table after the 2020 census, and that's a really big deal in Florida. But but the what to me is interesting in terms of you know what this says for the the Democrats across the country, the party really more than people is what they think would be a good candidate to run against Trump. A lot of the things. Uh, that are catching fire right now are not popular nationally. We had a poll just the other day that that whole um, abolishing ICE, vast majorities of Democrats are against that. So it's not it's not very popular really anywhere except the fringes, is it? No, I no, uh, it's not. <laughs> Same with you could argue Medicare for all. Right. One of Gillum's other platforms is like popular. I hear with like fifty percent maybe of voters in Florida. Democrats' argument is that, well, the other guy is super extreme, too. Like, he wants to build a border wall, which isn't popular. He supported Republicans' repeal of Obamacare, which isn't popular, especially among older voters, older voters who make up a large share of the electorate in Florida. So it's kind of like what I hear both sides saying this morning is like, well, your guy's extreme, too, so <laughs> fine, let's duke it out. You know, Amber, in your excellent piece in the Washington Post, uh, or, or I'm sorry, it might have been uh, Sean Sullivan and David Weigel's piece, but they point out that in one of Ron DeSantis' campaign commercials, he's actually building a wall with blocks with his children. Right. <laughs> Just too much. Amber Phillips of the Washington Post online. Uh, so, Amber, this is unknowable, but uh, back in the days, uh, really up until very, very recently, when the party had much more of a heavy hand on the outcomes of primaries, um, don't you think it's more likely the Democrats would have picked somebody reasonable and moderate? And No, I don't disagree with everything Donald Trump says, I, but, but, but I'm a non-crazy person. Don't you think they would have gone with the moderate? 
Well, I know what Democrat operatives wanted to happen uh, and Republican operatives. Neither of them wanted the candidates who won Tuesday to actually win. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Neither party wanted the candidates they have in one of the most important states in the country. For governor. They're going to make do with what they have. Yeah. yeah. Wow. For, Which sounds like the 2016 presidential race with the two lowest rated presidential candidates we've ever had. But that was fun. <laughs> it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Amber, for the umpteenth time, uh, you know, the old Chinese curse, may you live in interesting times. Uh, terrific job. Great to talk to you, Amber. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it's our pleasure. Maybe I'm trying to play three-dimensional chess and overthink it here, but if you want... if you're All a, chess is three-dimensional, Jack. If you want Trump to be president, <laughs> I think you're rooting for the Democrat to win the governorship in Florida. Because hmm. because I know how consultants think, <clears throat> and, uh, and, and the Democratic Party is going to say, see, the way you beat a Trump-like character is with one of these Bernie-type people. And I don't think... Do we have anybody who's actually been a member of the Communist Party? <laughs> And so that's who you, uh, you finagle your party because that's the way they do it on their side to uh, to rig it for whoever they want to be the candidate, yeah. and then Trump beats that person. I just love the split screen uh, picture I have in my head right now of, at Republican headquarters as the results come in, and the Democratic headquarters on the other side of the screen, and on one side they're saying, "Oh my God, what?" and on the <laughs> other side they're saying, "Oh no." <laughs> It's on. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's hilarious. Anyway. Oh, boy. Just keeps getting more interesting all the time. Well, at least we know that both candidates will campaign on solid and carefully fleshed out ideas. Oh, yeah. It's going to get crazy and ugly, the debates. I might actually watch a Florida governor's debate. Wow. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.